We're talking about discipleship. We've been that's nice and loud. We're talking about that for lots of weeks now, but I get more and more excited every time we dig further into it because it's it's just uh, so clear that this life of following Christ has so much potential for joy and fulfillment and I've been learning a ton, so hopefully you have too. We'll continue this. Last week, uh, my dad spoke and he did a good job of laying out how the church fits into that discipleship and, and how you have a role to play in the church and started talking about how important your connection with the church family is for your walk with Christ. And Today we're going to continue that. We allowed two weeks for that because it's a big topic. And today I was... I was really excited the last couple of weeks getting ready that, to, to speak to you that um, it's all about devotion. It's all about being dedicated. And this church family is a crucial, crucial part of that. So, um, looking forward to talking more about that. But Acts 2 will be kind of our, our main group of verses for the morning. We'll look at some others too, but, but uh, keep that open if you could and we'll refer to that. Let's pause for a minute and ask the Lord to bless the time. Um, Father, thanks for Your Word. Thank You so much that uh, You've shown us Your Son, Jesus, that He was willing to die on the cross to pay for our sins. Lord, it's so amazing that uh, just believing that, accepting that gift is, is all that's ever needed to have a relationship with You, to have our, our sins paid for, to to have the God of the universe as a, a father and a friend. Lord, uh, we're here this morning to learn more now how to get closer and closer to You and how to live this life that You've allowed us to have on earth. We know that it's, it's for Your glory. We know that we belong to You, that we're Your creation. So teach us, Lord. Touch our hearts. Pray that You'd use Your Spirit to really help us be obedient this morning, to understand but then also to, to put into practice what you'd have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So if devotion is the key, uh, the neat thing is that when you look at, uh, many call it the early church, these are followers of Christ, some of the earliest followers of Jesus Christ. He walked on earth for, what was it, 33 years? And at the end of that time, he gave his life on the cross, then he rose again from the dead, and there was a group of people that, that had believed in him. Uh, and this group of people, if we could sum up that team, I would definitely say devoted. And Acts 2.42 is, is a, probably a familiar verse for some of us. But again, I learned some things about these verses that I hadn't looked at before. So hopefully you'll see the same. Look at that verse 42 of chapter 2. And this is talking about those those first followers of Christ, those uh, people that knew Him firsthand, that had seen Him work, uh, many of them probably saw Him die on the cross, but then they also saw Him raised again to life. And this is what's said of, him, of them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And I'm convinced that there's a key message of discipleship. What do we mean by discipleship? following Jesus Christ, knowing Him, growing closer to Him. There's a key here that I don't want to say I've missed, but at least I've overlooked slightly, that we can't do that anymore. 
We've got to understand it and it's got to become a working part of our life day in, day out. So I wanted to take some time to outline that. First of all, I wanted to look at those early followers and get a pattern from them. But first wanted to kind of understand why were they devoted? Why were they devoted? Secondly, to what were they devoted? hope you're proud of me. I learned the grammar where you put the two at the beginning instead of ending. That was big for me this week. And the last thought, how did their devotion affect each other? Where did the team side of it come in? And I'm convinced that as we look at these three things, you're going to see for your own life how growing closer to Christ can be impacted this week based on devotion. Now, any Olivia Newton-John fans could already be bursting out hopelessly devoted, but I didn't hear that, so I was a little disappointed. Heidi, I thought for sure I was going to... You're laughing, but anyway. But the concept of being devoted, in many ways, isn't real common these days. Have you noticed that? Loyalty, devotion, commitment isn't a, a high demand in our society. To find people that will be devoted... Uh, to any cause, let alone uh, to following God, is, is harder and harder. But it's not a lost issue. And let's take a look at why were these earlier followers of Christ devoted, and then let's learn from them how we can be more devoted in our walk. I'm not going to read these for the sake of time, but I'd really encourage you to write them down and then go back later on this week. So if you have a pen and a piece of paper, maybe the bulletin or somewhere to to scratch down these references, these are really, really important. And again, for the sake of time, I, I want you to read them later on because it's the authority of the Word of God. It's not what I'm saying. It's what the Word of God teaches that matters. And know that we believe that here. But for the sake of time, I'm going to summarize those. And I'll give you a little, uh, maybe a quiz as we go. Why were these followers of Christ so devoted? Well, Matthew 28, 19 and 20 lays it out really well. Anyone remember what those verses talk about? Some of you have already turned there, and that's fine. What do we call those couple of verses? The Great Commission. That was kind of the, the, verse, the two verses that we started this entire series on, where Jesus says, go now. He talks to those early followers. He says, go out and make disciples, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded. And then he says, and, and I'm with you always. But the, the starting point was this, and picture yourself as a follower of Christ. Jesus has risen from the dead. He spent a bit over a month, what was it, 40, 40 some days? Third, how many after Christ rose, how many more days was he on the earth? Do we know that? 50? Okay. So just over a month, almost two months, that Jesus walked around as, as risen from the dead. He worked with these people. He talked with them. And now He's leaving again. This time in a more grandiose fashion. It says that he, he ascended to heaven. But His last words, His parting thoughts, were to go and make disciples. Follow Christ and teach others how to follow Christ. And understand why they were devoted there's a big part of this that if the, the Savior of your soul, you got to see Him and you, you were listening to Him and the last words that He said to you were to be devoted to being a disciple and making disciples. And then He goes to heaven. That would be inspiring. That would be inspiring. But it didn't stop there. Then in Acts 2, verse 1, 
Jesus was now up into heaven. He had told them, okay, the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and help you, but He hadn't come yet and there was this waiting game. But Acts 2.1 is so cool because it says that they were all together. They were all together waiting for God to direct them. And one of the ways, one of the devoted parts was that they were devoted to each other too. They had heard Christ. They were excited about what He was saying. They were excited that they were saved for eternity, that their Savior was alive and uh, powerful and victorious. But they were also devoted to each other. And so they had each other. Why were they devoted? Because they had a Savior. And you can have that same Savior this morning. Why were they devoted? Because they had each other. They had each other. And they stuck together. Then in Acts 2, uh, verse 2 through 41, you see that the Holy Spirit, the living God, came down and the Bible teaches us that everyone who knows Christ as Savior has the Holy Spirit living inside you. And there's another huge opportunity for devotion because Almighty God lives inside followers of Jesus Christ and He's going to help you and work in you. And so they experienced that firsthand too. The Holy Spirit came down and uh, indwelt them and, and they now had the Holy Spirit and that led to their devotion. And then finally in Acts 2, 42-47, the verses we're looking at, the verses that you have open, there's more evidence and reasons for why they were devoted. And there's more support for how to be a devoted follower of Christ. So why were they devoted? Because their Savior who's your Savior, many of you, know Him already. If you don't know Him, receive Him today. But your Savior is alive and He's powerful and He's conquered death and sin and hell. And He's in heaven waiting for you to join Him for eternity. That should inspire us. It's inspired them. Secondly, we have each other. It's no accident that there are other followers of Christ around you. It's no accident that you're here as a church family this morning learning as a team how we can follow Christ more. That should help us in our devotion. That should help us in our commitment. And we need to talk more about that. Why else should we be devoted to Christ? You have the Holy Spirit of God, God Almighty, living in you. If that doesn't inspire us to be devoted, what else would, right? God will help you every step of the way. And again, there's more uh, reasons that we'll look at. So why were they devoted? Lots of reasons. But the point is, is that we need that same devotion. We need that same devotion to following Christ. So what were they devoted to? We say following Christ, but what, did, what makes that up? What are the guts of that? We've talked for lots of weeks about some parts of that, haven't we? But Acts 2.42 really summarizes nicely uh, what are the things that if you're going to be devoted to Christ, what are some of the things you should really focus on? And the thing, the, probably the biggest thing that I learned leading up to today that I didn't really get fully before that was that when you look at Acts 2.42, and this is actually 2.42 through 2.47, that there are at least six things listed that those early followers of Christ were devoted to as a team. Many of us know that. In fact, at the Great Adventure Church, we have six purposes for why we get together. And those six purposes govern kind of our times. We'll talk more about them, but to give you a preview, 
this teaching from the Word of God, or as this calls it, the Apostles' teaching, this is one of the key reasons why we get together. I understood that. I know that the times together are guided by this uh, early church pattern. But there's something else. Your individual daily walk needs to also be guided by these six purposes. And that was the breakthrough for me. Devotion to these things doesn't end Sunday morning. It's not just for how a church should function together. It's how a follower of Christ should live every minute of every day. And just understanding that really made a difference for me. So the goal now in the next few minutes is to kind of communicate that and to teach that and allow you to see that in the Word so that when we leave here, the devotion to our Savior is enhanced and increased. So let's read these verses together. This is talking about those same early followers of Christ. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Reverentially, reverential awe came over everyone, and many wonders and miraculous signs came about by the, the apostles. All who believed were together and held everything in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and distributing the proceeds to everyone as anyone had need. Every day they continued to gather together by common consent in the temple courts, breaking bread from house to house, sharing their food with glad and humble hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number every day those who were being saved. I've underlined the words that I believe lead to those six purposes, six things to be devoted to. So we'll break them down. First of all, uh, the apostles' teaching. And if you have your Bible, keep, a, keep an eye on those verses and, and point those out. Maybe you want to underline those. Maybe you want to put a note by them. But what is the apostles' teaching? Well, the apostles learned firsthand from Jesus Christ. In fact, one of the requirements, as I understand it, to be an apostle was to actually have learned directly from Christ. They learned firsthand from Christ. In John 17, turn there quickly if you could. So when the apostles were teaching, they would have been teaching what Christ taught them. So learning directly from Jesus is crucial for any follower. But what was Jesus teaching? Well, John 17, verse 14, Jesus Himself says, speaking to his father, he says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Verse 17, Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. The apostles' teaching directly from Jesus was Jesus used the word of God. We believe the same word of God that you have access to. How many of these do you have on the shelves? One, two, maybe you have a family one in one room. Maybe you have another one. But we have great access to the Word of God. I'm, I'm told there's some countries that literally have no access to this, that just clamor for a chance to read the written Word of God. You have it. Are you devoted to it? How devoted are we at studying what God has to say to us? When we come together as a church, we've said... Based on this pattern, we're going to be devoted to teaching. Yes, but are you devoted 
to the Word of God through the week. And that, that word just really grabbed me this week. That concept of devotion is not a frivolous, oh yeah, I'll read it if I get a chance, maybe I'll take a glance. That's a dedication. That's a dedication. I think of uh, athletes and you think of Olympic athletes and how many hours. I think it's fair to say that they're devoted to their training. Well, do we have that same kind of passion and hunger for the Word of God? These early followers did, and that's what's involved in the apostles' teaching. What else is involved in being devoted to the apostles' teaching? Well, John 15 takes it to new levels. And in verse 7 of John 15, Jesus said, All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said... I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter. There we go. John 15, verse 7. This is right. If you remain in me, Jesus said, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. If you remain in me, this is the concept of abiding. The bottom line is, is Christ laid out a blueprint for how to be a devoted follower. And it means sticking real close to Christ having that relationship that you have with Christ the center of everything. And how do you do that? How do you stick with Him? How do you abide? How do you remain? The picture here is the grapes growing on a grapevine. They have to remain attached to the trunk or they won't get water, they won't get nutrients, they're done. They depend on the, the vine, on the trunk of the, for the bringing the water and nutrients. Do we stick to Christ and depend on Him? And then he said that one of the ways to depend on him was by depending on the Word. Let me ask you, when's the last time you depended on the Word? Maybe even as much as we depend on physical food. He wants us hanging on every word of his. He wants us to hunger for this. Just like those grapes need that water, and on dry days, I'm sure there's days, if they were for personification here, that they hunger for water. How do we hunger for the Word of God. Are we devoted? We've got to be. If we're a follower of Christ, devotion to God's Word has to be a key part of life. Notice I didn't say a key part of your life, but a key part of life itself. can't be a side note. It can't be just a detail. It can't be, oh yeah, I'm really doing great if I get five minutes to glance at a verse. It has to be a central part of your life. Are you devoted to the Word of God? Psalm 119, you can take a look at that too. I love those verses. Verses 9 through 16. Write those down too if you could and read them this week. It's an author talking about how valuable the Word of God is and it puts pictures out there that I love the Word, it says. I depend, I desire the Word. Read those verses and love the Word. Live the Word. Stay close to the Savior through His Word. One other detail of that, see it at the bottom? Speak it. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Be ready to speak the Word in season and out of season. Be ready to preach the Word. If we're devoted to Christ and if we're devoted to His Word, we're going to be ready to share it. And we're going to be willing to share it and we're going to look for opportunity to share it. And this doesn't necessarily have to mean by cracking it out and reading the verses in front of each other, in front of others. But is it in you? Isn't that a commercial lately? 
Gatorade or something like that? Is it in you? Do you understand it? Do you know it? Do you have it memorized so that when you're talking to another brother or sister in Christ, it's a part of your thoughts and a part of your words and a part of your, your uh, communication? Do you share the Word with each other? If we're devoted, we will. Do we share the Word with others around us? We have to be careful about this. There's a lot of people that don't necessarily want to hear it and how we share it is crucial. We'll talk more about that. But is it so a part of your life that anyone who comes up and sees you says, man, there's something different about that person. There's something in them that is different and powerful and effective. There was one of the things, again, that friend I was sharing with, one of the things she mentioned was that you guys are all about Jesus, as she put it. It's all about Jesus. That is a huge statement. Let's keep that up. Let's be devoted to following Him so that that will shine to others. So being devoted means to read it dedicatedly, to stick close and depend on Christ and His Word, but also to share it. What else? I love this one. Read in verse 42 again. You see it in front of you. It says that they were devoted to the fellowship. Oh, fellowship. I don't exactly know that word, but I know that it means partnership or to share in common. This is cool. Those early followers of Christ were faithfully devoted to partnering with the other followers of Christ near them. They were devoted to sharing their life in common. Many, in the, again, if we just look at the church, when is the fellowship talking about? Well, usually uh, for 15 minutes or so in between meetings, right? We say that's opportunity for fellowship. Small group, there's opportunity for fellowship. But when you look at this as life, it's all about sharing your life with other believers. Partnering. Your life is not about the small little family that you have. We understand that a husband and a wife are a team. We understand that their children are part of that team. We have to broaden our understanding to realize that our brothers and sisters in Christ are equally part of a team. And your life is not to include a church as a detail or a side note, but your life is to be dedicated and partnering with this family so that your life goals work with each other and coordinate each other. There's a devotion here. There's a higher level that these people were demonstrating. Look at it. It's shown in these verses in the middle. How were they partnering with each other? To what level? All who believed were together and held everything in common. They began selling their property and possessions and distributing the proceeds to everyone as anyone had need. Every day they continued together by common consent in the temple courts, breaking bread from house to house, sharing their food with glad and humble hearts. How far was this taken? They did not view simply their little husband, wife, children as the family. We know about sharing resources there, right? If you've been a parent for more than a day, you know that those little children, or grown children, maybe even youngs, still need sharing of those possessions and resources. Don't let it stop there. Followers of Christ need to partner with each other. Our lives need to be open to each other. And the resources in the bank account named 
KT and or Keith and Christy Leverance are not just for that household. They're for the family of God. Look at this. This is serious stuff. Do we believe it? Are we willing to partner with each other, to encourage each other? Now, any of you who are wealthy, this is a scary idea because those of us who aren't wealthy, that might mean that you'd be giving... Well, the nice thing is we don't have a terribly high number of wealthy people here, right? If you listen to our prayer meeting, you know. That. But the bottom line is, is that it's all about partnering together. Are we devoted to sharing life with each other? Are we willing to give as we have opportunity to meet each other's needs? Here's one that, was hit, that hit me. Are we, look at that. Every day they continue to gather together well, you're sick of seeing me Wednesday and Sunday. Think of making a point to see me every day. That's what they were doing. Their, their connection, their partnership was not just isolated to about six hours a week. They were sharing life. Well, and what hit me was my schedule has got to be willing to change. Because if you guys, my church family, are a part of life, that if I'm going to follow the devotion of these early followers, that means I'll see you every day. Well, the, the way I spend time and the, where, the places I spend time may need to adjust because I need to be supporting you and you need to be supporting me every day. See the mind shift here? See the cultural difference? But the connection, the conviction here is that their devotion to each other was directly attributed to devotion to Jesus Christ. Some of you are hurting. Some of you are going through for some tough things. And not out loud, but if you were to speak out loud, I believe that you could speak to the value of your other church family members coming alongside you and partnering with you in those tough times. That day-by-day -day contact when you're struggling is crucial. You crave it. You need it. You need the support. Well, are those of us who aren't necessarily struggling, at least everybody's struggling, but to the same level, are we willing to be those who are day-by-day -day ministering? Because there's going to be a time where you're going to need it. You're going to need the constant support. We've got to partner with each other. Want a practical application that maybe we could have uh, comfortably done well without? Look at your daytimer this week and look at the times that you spent and where you spend them. And look, how much of that time spent is connected in partnering with the church family that you see around you? How much time are you devoting to building others up, supporting others, meeting others' needs? If we're going to follow the pattern, it's going to grow and grow and become more and more significant. And then the result is pretty cool. Because of their commitment to each other, God gave them a joy and a fulfillment so that they could share their food with glad and humble hearts. It's fulfilling to be a family. To have your needs met and to meet each other's needs, that's what life is all about. And we fill it up with lots of things, but let's not lose sight that we need to be devoted to partnering with each other. They shared all in common. They were together daily. A couple of challenges for us in our devotion. If we follow Christ, it also involves partnering with each other and following them as a team. What else were they devoted to? Well, 2.42 says they were devoted to the breaking of bread. Um, earlier, Jason 
read some verses in Luke 22 where Christ Himself explained what this breaking of bread was all about. But uh, 1 Corinthians, I want to take a minute and we're going to talk more about this in days to come. Uh, the leadership is going to be discussing when uh, to communicate more of these on a more in-depth level for the church. But in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 and 25, Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. In the same way, after supper, He took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of Me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Jesus Christ Himself set up a tool for you to remember Him and to remember what He did for you. And that tool was, like we did earlier at 9.30, to gather with the theme of remembering who is Christ and what did He do. And the, the symbols that we use to do that are bread and, in our case, juice. could be wine, whatever it is. They're symbols. It doesn't really matter. But the breaking of bread was about taking a time as a team to remember what Christ has done. And that's important. It's important to do that, we think, at least once a week together. But how devoted are you to remembering Christ on the six other days of the week? Are you getting together with others to do that, like the early church was? Are you even doing it on your own? I struggle with this. Part of devotion to Christ is remembering what He's done. Remembering how grateful we need to be to Him. Because you wouldn't be able to be devoted to Him if He wouldn't have saved your soul by dying on the cross for your sins. We've got to remember that. If Matthew saved my life, I can't help but think that I would remember that each day. And I hope that I would be very, very grateful. Are we grateful? Are we dedicated to remembering what Christ has done every day? This was cool. Look at the verse 43. When they did that, what did it lead to? Reverential awe. I don't understand fully the concept of worship, but I've got to believe it has a lot to do with reverential awe. When we take time, like we did earlier this morning, or when you do it on your own, or when we did even with opportunity with our singing, did you notice those songs we were singing? They tied into what Christ had done. Opportunities to remember Christ lead us to reverential awe. And we need to take a whole week at least to dig into what worship is. But worship is critical for a follower of Christ. And I wanted to show kind of a cool connection there. That when they were remembering who Christ was and is, there was reverential awe. They worshipped God. More to come on that because that's a detailed concept that I need to understand better. But again, regularly, daily, breaking of bread was a part of their life every day, not just once a week, not just once a month. Moving along and wrapping up, what else were they devoted to? They were devoted to prayer. It says that in, in verse 42. But I want to share something that I learned this week. I don't think it was an accident. I do a Bible study with three other guys Thursday morning and we're studying a book uh, that has a lot of Scripture in it. And one of the statements about describing what is prayer, if we're going to be devoted to prayer, what does that mean? Summed up as dependence. 
Prayer is a vital expression of trust in the Lord that emerges from our devotion and commitment. Trust in the Lord. Prayer is speaking to God. But when we're speaking to God with prayer, specifically we're asking Him to work on our behalf. Why are we asking Him? Because we can't do it on our own. We cannot accomplish what we need God to accomplish. So if we're devoted to prayer, it means that we're devoted to depending on God to accomplish what needs to get done. Anyone who's lived longer than a few years knows that life is so tough, it seems crushing at times. Well, the reality is it is crushing at times unless you have God to work on your behalf. And if we're devoted to prayer, it's more of an attitude than an outward action. It's an attitude that we're relying on God, depending on Him, talking to Him all the time because we can't cut it on our own. A decision comes up about where are we supposed to be working. Well, are we devoted to asking God to guide us on that, to show us the answer to that? We come up with a financial problem. Do we turn first to uh, stewing or worrying or concern? What am I going to do? Or do we turn first to saying, God, Bail me out here. What am I going to do? Show me what you want. Dependence. So when they were devoted to prayer, it wasn't just getting together and sharing prayer requests and praying. It was about a constant, constant dependence on God, relying on Him. More to say on that, and we'll say more of it. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, I quoted the verse right there. Constantly pray. And according to our definition, constantly depend on God is what that's saying. Aaron and I talk about all the opportunities we have to try and solve things or fix things ourselves, um, and it doesn't cut it. We've got to shift that dependence to God for direction. Then let's be faithful to work at it with God's direction, giving Him the glory. So, are we devoted to prayer? I need to grow in that, big time. They were devoted to service. Look at this. Again, we read those verses, but if you want a, um, an expression of what service to one another would be, there's a lot of solid issues there. Maybe it's giving financially, maybe it's giving of yourself, maybe it's giving of your time, but a faithful, devoted follower of Christ will be devoted to serving the body of Christ and to those others around Him. Are we devoted to this? Again, we bring this up as a as a shooting target. We've got a lot to learn. There's many of you that are very, very devoted to serving. We could start singling them out, but you know this. You know that there are people who are serving 24-7. Are you? Am I? I need to grow in this. Give of yourself. Give of yourself. Invest in serving others. Jesus did it. Mark 10.45 For even the Son of Man... Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and give His life a ransom for many. He was all about living for others. I live for myself too much. How are you doing on that? A devoted follower of Christ will live to serve. Will live to serve. Sacrificially, faithfully. Let's improve on that and our devotion will, will increase. This is something else, too, that we needed to be devoted to. 
We said we need to be devoted to God's Word. We need to be devoted to partnering with each other. We need to be devoted to remembering Christ through breaking of bread and worshiping Him. We need to be devoted to depending on Him through prayer. We need to be devoted to serving Him by serving each other and those around us. We also need to be devoted to Him by sharing the good news with those around us. Notice that in the first several verses, you don't hear this said they were devoted to having a gospel outreach meeting once a month. You don't see a formal meeting necessarily laid out here for evangelism. But look at the response of how they lived. The way they lived was at least connected and and tied enough to those around them that it says the Lord was adding to their number every day those who were being saved. When's the last time you went for a week, a month even, a month, a week, even a day, two days, with seeing someone come to know Jesus as their Savior. Boom, 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 boom. We don't see this near as much, do we? Why? Well, some would argue that the time that God was specifically building up His church quickly in that time, maybe. But are our lives connected to those around us enough to show them devotion? Do we have relationship enough with people around us so that they can see our devotion to Christ and learn it for themselves and say, yeah, I need that. We already shared that someone someone attested to that, that they saw your lives and that 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 helped them to meet the Savior. But the bottom line is, is are we giving of ourselves? How much priority do we put at evangelizing, of of meeting with others and, and sharing life with those around us? This is tough. Many say that the garage door opener was the worst to this because you come home, go into your garage, you shut the door, you never really have to talk to your neighbors, do you? You can go to work, do your thing, leave, and you never really have to have any kind of relationship with the people around you. Followers of Christ are devoted to giving themselves, to giving of themselves, to share life with those around you. And we talked about this church family. That's crucial. But there are others that need your part in their life. And you need their part. Are we sharing life? Take this to heart this week. You come in contact with how many people each week? Many of them don't know Jesus as their Savior. Think about it. Are you working to build relationships, friendships, with people around you so that they'll see your life more and more closely and meet the Savior firsthand. We've got to improve on this. Evangelism is not an external thing that is just a compartment of our life. Evangelism is sharing life with those around us who need to meet the Savior. And they're going to meet Him through your life. John 17, Jesus is talking to His Father. And He says, Father, make the followers close so that others will see their closeness, to see their love and devotion, and will come to know you. Your relationship with God, with each other, is going to be the first-hand display, Christ said, of others coming to know Jesus. How are we doing on that? A friend of mine shared this week that if we would sum up 
the effectiveness of Christians getting along with each other and effectively showing the life of Christ, how much motivation does the world around us have to follow Him? We've got to change this. We've got to give of ourselves. We've got to be a united team. And we have to invest our lives in the people around you. The challenge, look at the people around you. Who can you build a friendship with, a relationship with? Don't be isolated. Build those relationships and allow the Lord to to meet needs that you have for friendship with those people, meet their needs, and then pray that God through your life will show the Savior and give them an opportunity to see that Jesus Christ wants to know them and wants to, to be their friend and wants to save their soul. Devoted to sharing the good news through life. If we're followers of Christ, that's a part of it. So summing up, this will be kind of a, uh, our third point will be food for thought for your discussion groups this Wednesday. So again, if you have a pen, if you could jot these down, especially someone in each group. Two main questions. One, from the early followers, how did that devotion impact each other? But two, let's talk seriously this week about how to deepen our devotion one, individually as you walk with Christ, but two, as a family, in the areas of apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, prayer, service, and evangelism. There is a huge opportunity here. Talk about a, um, an opportunity for immediate change. Your devotion in these areas can, can start today. We can make steps and grow in this. Let's keep talking about it. Let's keep working at it. Let's most of all pray about it. Father, we need You to work. Lord, it's exciting to think uh, that You've laid out a blueprint of what a devoted follower looks like. And it's exciting to think that You want to change our lives and the lives of those around us. But Lord, we get in the way so many times in so many different views and ways. Don't let that happen, Lord. Touch our hearts with what You want changed. Show us where to make the adjustments. And Lord, allow us to be devoted followers. Thank you for uh, this family. Thank you for this opportunity to partner together and allow this to, to impact us in a powerful way. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.